Hey out there to all people, and that damn abominable snowman again. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that wishes he could write like R.L. Stein, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Oh man, Brandon, I'm doing alright. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah. I love that intro, the abominable snowman again. Did he even do anything in this movie? Like spoilers. No. Okay, okay. Nope. I was like, he mentioned it. I don't think he even did anything. Okay. No, they just had the model, and they were like, we gotta yeah. use it. <laughs> they have the, the assets for it. They were like, let's reuse this one. <laughs> oh, oh we'll my god, Brandon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like spoil the whole fucking episode. God damn me. Oh, yeah, man. We might as well not even record this anymore. That, that ah, was right. like the thing I had to talk about. Oh, Brandon, so... You remember that one time, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but like I got a new job not too long ago and they were like, oh, we're going to meet together somewhere, right? That's, yeah. I told you yep. about that, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's like official already. And uh, yeah, they all want to meet in California. And Brandon, I can't drive to California. I'm going to have to get on a fucking plane. You are going to have to get on a plane, my friend. <laughs> fucking damn it. <laughs> when, when is this going down? How long do you have? Like to... not even that long. It's like March oh. or April. Oh, God. <laughs> Portland. <laughs> oh boy all right well that's a couple of months of anxiety for you yeah right like they they much they announced it yesterday at work and um you know over teams because everybody's in a lot of different states and stuff and i like mm-hmm. instantly started sweating i was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh shit everybody else is probably like woo trip to uh, california yeah. Yes, yes. They were like, woohoo. I was like, like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No. I was like, how long does it take to get on a train and go to California? It's like 60 (laughs) hours. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. (laughs) The plane ride's like five. Yeah. (laughs) Just get in your covered wagon. (laughs) The months long trip. (laughs) Might lose a few people on the way, but. Oh man, crossing the Mississippi is gonna be (laughs) it's gonna be a challenge. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, that's what I'll be anxious over for like four months. Yeah, well (laughs) just push it out of the back of your mind. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. It's just like my, you know, the whole death thing, like whatever. I'll just forget about it until I have to have to worry about that one later. (laughs) (laughs) It's future Cortland's problem. Exactly, yes. That's how I live live my life. But how are you, Brandon? Are you getting any dire news in your <laughs> <life>? <laughs> Uh not not that I can think of, no. No. Oh, that's good. I envy All you. All good in the hood. <laughs> Except for that one couple of times where you had to take that plane ride all the way to Australia. But you know, like hey, that's past yeah. Brandon was problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm so glad that I'm done with that shit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Hey, that's like a 20 hour flight is different than hopping over to California. True. I don't have to go over any oceans or anything, you know, mm-hmm. that I know of. Oh, <laughs> just God. that fucking Mississippi, you <laughs> They're know? They're just going to decide to go around <laughs> the other way. <laughs> We're taking you guys through the Atlantic <laughs> over <Yeah>. the UK. <laughs> this is Europe. This is China. <laughs> There's Australia way over there. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm Brandon." <laughs> Past Hawaii, and bam, California. There you go. <laughs> it's the quickest way. God, I would. I'd probably riot. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably quit. 
Oh my god. So anyway, like, how's your week, Brandon? It's it's almost Christmas. It's, yeah, it's just Christmas stuff. Getting getting things in order. You know, wait until the last minute, like always. Oh, who doesn't though? You know. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be our last recorded episode for the year, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. So He's gonna uh, take a break. Whoo! And what what an episode to end it on. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's a fitting finale of goosebumps you know finishing yeah, touches I suppose. it's the last of the goosebumps for now for not well yeah <laughs> and then in six years when we get back to it yeah yeah all right so Cortland. yeah we're here to talk about and i have to look this up because oh boy as i was saying to you off mic this movie had three different titles in production so it was originally announced as Goosebumps Horrorland. Horrorland, which, okay. Yeah, Horrorland is like a Goosebumps thing, but it would not be a fitting name at all for this movie. No, right. So then they decided. So then they decided to go with Goosebumps Two: Slappy's Revenge. Okay, that would which be is all also right. a. Uh, no, I think it's a terrible name. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what is he getting revenge on? Uh, the Nothing. world. No the world, I guess, right? <laughs> no, he's just. He's I mean, just like trying to make things. Even the plot of the story, he's not even looking to get. Yeah, he's not even looking to get revenge on anybody. <laughs> he's just like Slappy's getting his. <laughs> yeah, that's Slappy a... got his groove back. Right, right. Goosebumps too. Slappy gets it. No, that no. Slappy's okay, getting I, his. I think they landed on Goosebumps Two: Haunted Halloween. Yeah, which, which sounds I... generic as all hell. Right, right. But it, it does. It does, I guess, make sense considering the story. At the very least, uh, you know, the obviously they're going to open up a book and shit happens. At least the book title that they open is called Haunted Halloween, you know? Yeah, so it's named after the book. So my biggest beef, and we'll get to this later as well with this movie, is that it's not very goosebumpsy. It's right. kind of yeah. just Halloween stuff. But I guess you could say because the book that they open is an unfinished Goosebumps book. This whole thing is just a Goosebumps episode that never was. Yeah, that's probably a good way. To, with with Slappy in it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, because Slappy has to be in everything Goosebumps. Yeah, that's probably my biggest beef with the the movie as well. Is that like I, I got done watching, and I was like, "There's really nothing Goosebumps about this. This could have been any movie, really. It could have just been Haunted Halloween, and that'd be fine." Mm-hmm. Like Slappy's pretty much the thing. Yeah, he's the hotness. And it's it's just such a big turn from the first movie, which was like just an absolute celebration of all things goosebumps. Like Slappy was still front and center, but it very clearly chose goosebumps things to highlight. Exactly. Yeah, and this one just kind of foregoes all of that. Which is Yeah. It, it it's fine. Like, look, I I came into this movie expecting the worst, okay? I came into it expecting bad acting not funny jokes, like terrible CGI or whatever. And uh, I gotta say, I thought it was fine. I didn't, I didn't mind this movie. Yeah, so last week I told you this movie is not as good as the first one. I don't remember if I went as far as to say it's hot dog shit or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I no. don't think it is. Watching it now, like, it's it's definitely not as good. Right, and right. I probably wouldn't watch it again if I, like, didn't have to for a podcast. For a podcast, but yeah. But it's not unwatchable. I agree. And it has a yeah. lot of people that I like in it. Oh yeah, me good too. Talent. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of really good stars in it. Um, the mom in particular, and we'll talk about her. Yeah. She's she's 
so good, you know. So yeah, I don't know. maybe we should just talk about it. I, I, I don't worry though, Brandon, because you're not the only one that told me it was like you know a steaming pile of shit. A lot of people <laughs> seem to not enjoy this movie that much, and it's probably because it is just a movie that they branded to Goosebumps, really. Yeah, that's what it feels like. All right, so we'll start at the top with this one. All right. The movie opens up with some establishing shots of our new location, which is now a town called Wardencliffe, New York. Hold on, let me just so look that up. We're right out of point. Delaware. We're in New York. Now, Wardencliffe, New York. That is real, I think. Okay. Also known as the Tesla Tower was an early experimental wireless transmission station designed and built by Nikola Tesla. Okay. So that answers like a big question I had about this movie, which was why the fuck is Tesla like the second main character after Slappy? Yeah, that is really weird. Um, so I guess Wardencliffe, New York doesn't exist, but the Wardencliffe Tower does. Okay. I'm looking at photos of it, and yeah, it's like that thing from the movie. Okay. So it's a thing. Look, when you think of kids, you think of Nikola Tesla, you think of the Wardenclyffe Tower, you know. No, yeah. you don't. You it's, don't it's at all. Iconic. I don't know. <laughs> it's very prominent in this this movie, though, I gotta say. Really weird. When you think of Goosebumps, you think of Tesla. No. <laughs> anyway, it's Halloween time, and we see decorations that are up everywhere. And we do see a shot of the outside of the Tesla Electric Company building. Which, you know, you see it and you're like, yeah, that's definitely going to come up again later. Uh, yeah. And God, it does. We close in on the house of a teenage girl named Sarah. And she's in her room writing an essay on fear for her college applications. Right. She's trying to get into Columbia. Oh, shit. Columbia, you say? Yes. The Columbia. We get some good old Goosebumps creeper cam. And then a sound outside makes her investigate. Her boyfriend Tyler startles her wearing a mask, and then he climbs in through her window. Sarah is like, be quiet, or my mom will hear us. <laughs> That's great, yeah. So naturally, her mom comes in and yells at them and tells Tyler to go home. I do love this part because she's all like, you fucking stopping around here screaming, mom's gonna hear us, like, of course I hear you. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, she's like, you think you're gonna get away with that? Like... Sarah's brother Sonny is also there with his phone out recording a TikToks or whatever the kids do these days, uh, trying to get her in trouble. Uh, yeah, so Sonny. You know, I know what a better, better name for Sonny. Uh, what? Ben? Day Day. <laughs> <laughs> Day Day, yeah. I mean, Day Day is just a better name than most names. Right, but it's also like within the parameters, you know, you got Sonny, you got Day Day. Makes sense. Yeah. It's a sunny day day. Exactly. Boom. And, uh, yeah, so the next morning, Sonny's at the breakfast table building a giant 3D model of the Tesla electric building, and he's, like, electrocuting himself, you know, to work <laughs> the end, on it. The episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> so he dies. <laughs> no. But his friend Sam comes to the door, and Sam's parents are going away for three days, so he's staying at Sonny's house. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I kind of missed that part, but... That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he does okay. have parents. Yeah. Well, we don't see they, them. They but just disappear. Gotta get them parents right out of this. Right out of here. Now mom comes in, and she's rushing to get everybody out of the house and to school. But mm -hmm. first, they have to run past their neighbor, Ken Jeong. Yeah, Ken Jeong's in this movie. Yeah, he's in this movie. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not a huge role, but he's there. It's not a huge role, but it's bigger than you would expect it to be, you know? He does 
he does more than just this scene. Yeah, he contributes to the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah, so he's setting up Halloween decorations, and he's his yard is just fucking decked out. This is the part where he's, like, putting the balloons up, right? Yeah. He sings this song while he's, like, putting up balloon decorations in the form of, like, this giant cool-looking spider thing. It's really yeah, weird. It's like a massive kaiju-sized spider made of balloons. It's really cool. I gotta say, you know, when I when I talked about how I didn't expect this movie to have like good visuals and stuff, there's some really fun stuff in this movie, like uh, visual-wise. Yeah, it's it's not nothing. I don't think it's quite as good as the first Goosebumps movie in terms of like the monsters, but there's fun parts where like things get absorbed back into the book in pieces, you know, and it looks cool. Nice particle effects. Exactly. Yeah. The family makes a quick stop at a grocery store. Sonny and Sam make sure to put up an ad on the notice board for their junk collecting business they've just started. Yeah, like junk, junk bros. Brothers. Junk bros. Super junk bros. There you go. Yeah. Mom tells Sarah that she's going to be working long hours all week so that Sarah's going to have to babysit Sonny. Right. And Sonny yeah. is like 12, 13, no, 14. Will, however 15. old Jeremy Ray Taylor He's was 30. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he's fresh out of it. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah, so this part interests me. So mom works at a nursing home. I take it she's like mm-hmm. a nurse there or a nursing aide or whatever. They're at the store because she's buying diapers because they make a big joke yeah. about it and stuff. So I've worked at a nursing home before. The nursing home always provided the diapers. Like having somebody go out to so. buy them, that makes no sense. Yeah, go pick us up one pack of diapers. <laughs> For all the residents of this nursing home. No. <laughs> No, like, they have a big storeroom. It's got, like, all the different sized briefs that you need for the peoples, because, you know, not everybody wears the same size brief, and it's all part of, like, the nursing home. Nursing homes are expensive, you know, like, the one that I worked Mm -hmm. in, it was, like, $3,000 a month for one resident, so, like, they're raking that shit in. They have a storeroom full of towels and and diapers and bedpans, like, everything you need. Yeah. Except for in like, New York, where you have to buy your own if you work there. If she was working, if she was working at a hospital, they wouldn't be like, "Oh, uh, can you just pick up some morphine yeah. on your way home and just?" We need more blood. Can you bring just it in? <laughs> go, go get those donations in. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I guess they had a shortage though, and she had to go buy some. <laughs> yeah, one pack at a time. <laughs> So she's buying her diapers, and she's kind of flirting with the cashier, Chris Parnell, about buying adult diapers. Later at school, Sonny is signing himself up for science fair, and he says that he'll win for sure with his Tesla tower that he said he was making for a class project. So he's double dipping with that. Oh, okay. I was going to say... Because, like, he talks about having to do a presentation, so he just signs himself up for the science fair and... Just does that for it as well okay yeah he's like i already built this fucking tesla I mean, tower that shoots out electricity <laughs> i mean i might would too well get I more guess, than right? one use out of it yeah right you put all that work into it you might as well get two uses out of it and then Cortland, another big divergence from the first movie a pack of generic bullies come up yeah. and they start to give sunny and sam some shit Right. The first movie, nobody was mean. Everybody got along. It was really nice. This movie kind of just switches back over to bullies, and they're not so nice. Just normal high school cliches. Mm -hmm. In the school library, Sarah is 
working. She's a librarian, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Yep, you're uh, 17 years old or whatever. You're just going to be getting out of high school and you pick up a job at the high school. Yes. And and then you you charge people for their books because that's (laughs) how school libraries work. Yeah, it's an interesting town, this Wardenclyffe. Sure. You gotta pick up your own diapers for the nursing home. <laughs> to, the students are the, for their books. the staff. You're right. Uh, her boyfriend Tyler shows up and he's like, hey, I got us tickets to the DJ Bisky show. <laughs> <gasps> DJ Bisky? So the prestigious. DJ Bisky <laughs> Whoa. I'm gonna look that up right now because I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. But I didn't check and see if he was a real person. <sighs> Let me look. Hold on here. DJ Bis, not quick Bisky. I don't nope, even know how to spell. There it. Nope, there ain't no DJ Bisky. So no, nope. that is a fake DJ. <laughs> Who knew DJ Bisky wasn't real? DJ Bisky. But Sarah can't go to the DJ Bisky show because she has to babysit. Oh man, I know, right? I really wanted to see DJ Bisky. Oh, we we see DJ Bisky a little bit later. Woohoo! <laughs> later at home, Sam and Sunny are carving pumpkins. Sonny has carved his, like, horizontally, with the stem on the top of the pumpkin being the jack-o'-lantern's nose. Yep. Which I didn't even know was legal, Corlin. I didn't know you could do that. I don't think you can. <laughs> I hate it. I've never... Look, I've seen a lot of cool pumpkin carvings. I've never seen one like, like that before. No. It's wrong. It's an abomination. Sam gets a phone call. Someone is actually calling their junk bros business with a gig. And Sonny doesn't want to do it. But Sam accepts the job anyway, so they do it. Gotta do it. Yep. Contract's been sealed with blood. They gotta do it. (laughs) They ride up to an abandoned, haunted-looking house with the tiniest little wagon attached to their bike (laughs) that could probably carry away, like, three things. (laughs) So pathetic. And, (laughs) yeah, what the hell do they think they're gonna do? Uh, They walk past some garden gnomes that Sonny is creeped out by, and then they knock on the door. And nobody answers, so they just walk in. Yep. This house is mostly empty except some cobwebs, but there's like random shit all over. Just knickknacks and stuff covered in dust. Yeah, knickknacks, paddywax, etc. Sam lifts a sheet up, and there's a stuffed cat that may or may not be Rip, but I don't that, think that's it is. what I thought. No, I was like, oh, is that Rip? No, that's not fucking Rip. It doesn't no, have wings. Don't it's not. don't give this movie too much credit. I can't do that. They were just like, oh, it's a cat. And the funny thing is, when he lifts up that sheet, there's a meow. It goes, meow. (laughs) (laughs) To sell the jump scare, but it's a stuffed cat. Sonny finds out that Sam agreed to do the work there for free. But the person on the phone said that they could keep anything they find. You know what's interesting is that we never know who called them to, like, have them clean out this random ass abandoned house. It seems like a setup in hindsight. It's weird, even at the time, you're like, why are they being called to clear out this haunted house? But it's definitely like, who who wanted them there to find this book? Exactly, yeah. That could have been like, because spoilers is a twist ending in this movie. That could have been the twist is having like that person be like, it was me the whole time that started this. But no. No, it's just nothing. Sonny finds a hidden crawl space in the attic, which has a chest inside. They open the chest, and they find a locked book. And Sonny says, same line from the first movie. Who would lock a book? Yeah, who would fucking do that? Like, has nobody seen a diary before? No. The key is luckily right there, so they open it up, and it's, you know, just 
It's just a book. There's no title. And they don't even try to read the pages or anything. Nah. Fuck that. So, they keep going with the other garbage. But then they turn around, and Slappy is just sitting there. They investigate and find a card in his pocket which reads, Karu Marie Odana Loma Milanu Corano. Gotta say, um, they didn't have that line in the first Goosebumps movie. It wasn't no. really necessary, though, because it was different circumstances as to why, you know, Slappy was there. Even though it's not, it's kind of the same thing. But I like that they brought that back. Yeah, that's uh, canon to the Slappy lore. Yeah, everything else that happens is not canon to the Slappy lore, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but they did one thing. They threw us a bone with that one. Yep, that's why it's Goosebumps. <laughs> Sam scares Sonny by pretending to be Slappy, and Sonny gets upset because this is a serious business that they're running, Cortland. Yeah, they're getting... Oh, wait, no, they're not. (laughs) They leave the house, and Sam decides to keep Slappy. They're getting ready to take off on their bikes when the damn bullies show up. Fuck, not the bullies. Yep, just to cause trouble. One of the cool things, I really like the character of Sam because he kind of stands up to the bullies a little bit, even though Sonny's just being like, no, don't, please, I don't, I don't want to get punched in the face today. But Sam, on the other hand, like, he's like, fuck off, you know? And I, I think that's yeah. nice. Sonny is, uh, like every other character that Jeremy Ray Taylor plays, but. Yeah. Sam? Sam, Sam on the other yeah. hand. He should have been, he should have been more. Like, I feel like he should have been the main character. I mean. He's part of the three. He, he but could still. be. Yeah. Just depends on how you watch it. The king of the bullies makes Sonny take off his sweater in exchange for not getting punched. Oh, yeah, because with this sweater thing, he's like, what's that? My grandma's sweater from my yard sale? I want that back. And and it is a pretty, it's, a, it's kind of an ugly sweater. So I like that joke. That was good. Good enough to talk about. Yeah, all sweaters are ugly. <gasps> I'm not wearing a sweater right now. <gasps> my God, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, hold on, it's like 99 degrees out there, Raleigh, right? You're getting into Probably, summer yeah. now. Yeah. Is it snowing there? Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, There's snow on the ground right now. Lucky. Lucky. Whatever. The bully tries to take Sam's box of junk, but Sam isn't having it, Cortland. So the bullies just take Slappy and go, ooh, want your dolly, etc. Yeah, they also take the book, too, because they, yeah. they, they snatch that book. Really weird that the bullies are like, "I'm gonna take your junk," because it's it's junk. You know, they they yeah. took a, they took that t- tiny little wagon that's behind their bike and they filled it with like random shit plus slappy, and uh, nobody would want any of that. No, it's like literal garbage. Mm-hmm. But the bullies see that and they say, "Oh, baby, I want that <laughs> junk." They only want it because they know the boys want it, so they're just yeah. being dicks. We see Slappy move his head and narrow his eyes. And then, using his mind, Slappy takes off the child's pants. Oh my god. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, he does. So Slappy is telepathic now. Not only can he teleport, but in this movie he's he's telekinetic. Did he do any of that in the first movie? Like, he did stuff, but he kind of controlled the other monsters to do stuff for him. Like, he got those aliens to come in and freeze the police and stuff. But I feel like in this one, he could just do it with his mind. Did Slappy have, like, telekinetic powers in the books? I don't think so. Could he, he just kind of got or... up and ran around <laughs> on his puppet feet and well, ruined people's paintings. We'll say, I'll give this called movie credit. Called him Brains. <laughs> oh my God. Called Mama Fat Lard, yeah. Um, 
I will say in this movie, we do get to see Slappy walk a little bit. Like, spoilers for, I don't know, ten minutes from now. Yeah. I think, in general, like, the puppeteering in this is better than the first one. Yeah. I think With, with Slappy being even more of a prominent feature in this movie compared to the first one. It's the Slappy show. I kind of like Slappy in this. I think he's fine. Slappy's weird in this, Cortland. Like, he, I guess you could, like, he's not evil. He's bad. But he's got his own he motive kinda, going on. He kind of just wants to be loved. Yeah, right. It's kind of sad. So he's kind of a tragic figure. Right. And then the first thing he does is he takes off a child's pants, which is really weird now that I'm saying it out loud. Well, he's a doll. You don't know. Yeah, I guess. Another thing is I like Slappy the best when he's roasting people. And in this <laughs> one, he doesn't really roast people. He just makes lots of puns. Yeah. He does laugh, though. I like his laugh a lot in this movie. Yeah, he has a good laugh. And you know what, Cortland? I was wrong. Jack Black doesn't do the voice of Slappy in this movie. Oh, it's a really? Sound-alike. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So it's Dan Costanella, like I said. <laughs> no, his name's Mike Winger. Oh, my bad. Sorry, Mike. Listener of the and show. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dan. Listener of the show as well. <laughs> Sonny and Sam get on their bikes and start riding away, and the bullies give chase. Then Slappy force pulls a hose across the road and clotheslines the bullies off their bikes by their <laughs> necks. Oh, another thing I want to talk about in this uh, this movie, Brandon. Whereas in the first movie, nobody really got hurt. This movie is mm-hmm. all about children getting hurt. Yes. Children are almost murdered quite a bit. Multiple times. Uh, this movie, like, not only do these, like, spoilers a little bit here. Not only do these bullies get clotheslined. Uh, one kid falls off of a ladder. <laughs> it looks painful as fuck. Very. Jeremy Ray Taylor gets hit in the face with a dish, and it looks like that would hurt like hell too. Like this movie is all about putting kids in dangerous situations and like hurting them. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, but that's also true to Goosebumps. So more so than uh, the first book or first movie. Yeah. So after he clotheslines those boys, then Slappy just takes the boys' pants off again. Come on, Slappy. Slappy, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Back at home, the boys are breathlessly trying to explain everything that happened that day, leading up to the reveal that they have a ventriloquist dummy. Sarah's listening to this, and she doesn't give a shit, of course, but she goes upstairs to work on her essay. But that doesn't last long, because she sees updates from her boyfriend, who's at the DJ Bisky show, and (gasps) she's like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, I gotta go see DJ Bisky. (laughs) I can't miss the Bisky. Dude, I'd leave home to go see DJ Bisky too, so. <laughs> she gets to the show, and everybody's got their glow sticks, and they're, you know, dancing very PG. Oh, my God. And she spots Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking rave. Oh, my God. There's just a, the whitest person rave. <laughs> who, who puts yeah. raves on for, like, teenagers? What is this? There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. I don't know. They were clearly not dancing to any actual music. <laughs> Oh my it's just God. silence with everybody like shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. It's just like the 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 sound of feet squeaking on the floor. <laughs> oh I God. love that. I love that. By the way, basketball game going on in there. Oh my God, I love I love it when you just there's like TikToks and, and videos and stuff of like you know employees dancing and stuff because that's what they do. You know, if you work at Starbucks, you got to dance while you're giving somebody their drink, and then like watching people edit them to just be like feet squeaks. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm thinking oh. of a specific video that I'm going to have to find <laughs> later. <laughs> when you do, definitely give it to me because I want to watch yeah, it too. Yeah. I eat that shit up for breakfast. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so Sarah spots her boyfriend Tyler in the crowd making out with some other chick. I kind of couldn't believe that this was happening. I thought that Tyler was going to be a prominent feature. He was going to be like the fourth wheel being all like, oh, this can't be happening. It's monsters. But nah, they fucking, they like basically drop him at this point. Um, I thought he was a good boy, but he's a bad boy. (laughs) He's a bad boy. He's worse than Slappy. Yeah, yeah, he is. At home, Sam is practicing his Tesla project speech in front of all of his dolls, which like includes a Spider-Man doll, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, and a Slimer. He also like later on has a couple of cool action figures that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Sonny starts up his actual working Tesla coil, and then it stops working. Sonny's like, oh shit. But then Slappy comes alive and says, Bravo. I, for one, think it's an electrifying presentation. (laughs) And Sonny is like, haha, very funny, Sam. Does that whole thing. Yeah. And Sam comes upstairs now, and Sam's just like, oh, he's battery powered. He's not, though. No. He's demonic He's powered. Power. <laughs> <laughs> He's hell powered. Yeah, he's R.L. Stein powered. <laughs> oh my god. That's too powerful. But then Slappy starts talking about the bullies and saying that they can all be junk brothers together. And then the boys, you know, they agree that he's a talking dummy. Yeah, and, and they're like, eh, this is cool. <laughs> yes, we accept this. This is our new reality. <laughs> yeah, then they just go play video games together. <laughs> They go play uh, Rocket League together. Yeah, this this whole part is, like, very silly. It's all just a commercial for Rocket League. Slappy folds the laundry for Sonny and starts doing his homework magically. And they're, like, totally on board. But Slappy says that he can only change things that are in front of him. And to right. demonstrate this, he looks at a couple of Street Fighter action figures and he makes them come to life and fight. Yeah, right. He's got uh, Ryu and Ken, and they like have a little Street Fighter battle with Hadoukens, and yeah, they're shooting out actual fireballs. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like Ken shoots out the the blue fireball, and it just kind of leaves the screen. And I'm like, where the fuck did that go? What did it hit? Like, what, it what never happened? stopped. <laughs> just, just keeps rampaging going. the world, just circling <laughs> the globe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was really cool though, nice little homage, you know, something for the for the adults. Yeah, I liked it. Me too. Slappy tells the boys that they have to keep all this a secret, though. Which is right, another right. red flag. Which uh, yeah, brings me to a point. So Slappy not only can he telekinetically drop pants, but he can also make things come to life by looking at them, which is kind of the main point of this movie. Mm-hmm. So then they all go downstairs, and like you said, they all just play some Rocket League, and Slappy's <laughs> shit-talking while he's playing. Yeah, because he's amazing at it, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about Rocket League. I know you just drive a car and boop a ball into the goal, but... Sarah comes home then, and Slappy immediately pretends to not be alive. Later that night, when everyone is asleep, Slappy wakes up, and he goes downstairs. He starts doing something to Sonny's project. Soldering, or... I don't know, he's got magic, Welding. he can do whatever. Yeah. Then he sneaks into Sarah's room and creeps over her for a minute. God, Slappy. <laughs> it cuts to the next day at school. Sarah is putting stuff in her locker when she finds Slappy in her bag, and then she stuffs him in her locker. 
Tyler shows up then and is like, sup, I missed you at the Bisky show yesterday. <laughs> I'll never get over that shit. Bisky. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Sarah's like, oh, I bet you miss me. And she storms off and Slappy stares at Tyler and his eyebrows angle downward. Oh my god, just like in the episodes. Yeah, that's a specific reference to the episodes. His eyes go, this one has more to do with the episodes than the first movie. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler goes to decorate the auditorium for the Halloween dance. And Slappy shows up and he teleports to Tyler. Yeah, yeah, because at first he's in the audience and Tyler's all like, what the fuck? And then then Slappy just like warps right up on stage next to him. Slappy makes a pun about bringing down the house. And then he goes to fucking murder Tyler by moving the very tall ladder that Tyler is standing on from underneath him. And Tyler falls hard. Dude, this scene, my god. So, like, Tyler is at the very top of the ladder where it says, like, this is not a step. And Slappy makes him read that. And he's like, it's not a Mm -hmm. step. Please don't kill me. And uh, Slappy doesn't do any of that. Like, he... He telekinetically unscrews the screw of the ladder and it folds down and he just drops to the stage from a very, very tall ladder. Like, this is a really tall yeah. ladder. And it's the kid just up. just fucking, like, turns into a sack of potatoes and plops to the ground. And it's like, damn, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, like, if you told me this kid broke his neck and died, I'd be like, yeah, it looked like it. Right, people have died from falling off much shorter ladders than this. Mm-hmm. So we see Tyler get carried out in a stretcher, and Sarah sees him and hears him mention Slappy. So she runs to her locker and finds it empty. This is, by the way, the last time we see Tyler. He's dead now. Yeah, Tyler's out of the picture. Forever. In his class, Sonny is giving his presentation on the Tesla Tower. He powers a light bulb, but his tower is too powerful, and it starts shooting out lasers and blows out windows and burns massive holes through the walls. Insane. Yeah, he he's yeah. like, I need a volunteer, and this girl like raises her hand and he gives her a, a little light bulb, and she like looks at it with like joyous wonder, and uh, I was like, you know, because the bullies are there too, and they're like trying to give him a hard time a little bit, but like the other classmates don't don't really participate in the bullying, which is nice, and uh, this poor girl, you know, the Tesla Tower thing turns on, and it zaps the light bulb, and it fucking explodes in her face, and she has like that. You know, coal miner poofed face and her <laughs> hair is all fucked up. She gets scorched like a Looney Tunes cartoon with the TNT. Yeah. 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 That poor girl. And she says, Today's picture day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just icing on the cake. It's, it's good. It was a good joke. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. So, moral of the story, don't be nice to your weird classmates. After school, Sarah confronts the boys about Slappy and they spill the beans. They think about what would make Slappy attack Tyler, and Sonny reminds Sarah that Slappy heard her complaining about Tyler the night before. Mm-hmm. Then they remember that she also complained about her mom. So oh, they speed shit. home. When they get home, Mom is just sitting there, hanging out with Slappy on her lap. Yes. Like, t- talking to him as a dummy, not as a, a supernatural weird demon. Nah, she calls him Bobo. She's calling, yeah, she's calling him Bobo. And she's just doing this independently of knowing that her children are coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Gets home from, you know, her job at the nursing home and she sees a dummy and she just picks it up and she's like, hey, I'm Bobo. To herself, yeah. Yeah, and she's having a full-on conversation with him. 
She's like basically this scene is just her being Wendy McClendon Covey. You know, it's just yeah. They're just like just do She's it. Doing you know? her she, thing. She did it because when Wendy is amazing. She is. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your drunk bro. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we have. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. We have officially reached 100,000 downloads for this show. Thank you so much to anybody that's listened in, even to just a single episode of Up All Night. As a thank you to everybody, we're going to be doing a big giveaway that I've got planned. I'll be releasing some more information about it in the coming weeks. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Twitter at UANPod or on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast. Of course, we have the Discord server, Facebook group, and more that you can check out too. Just follow the Linktree link in the episode description and you can check us out. On top of that, we do live watch parties of full-length episodes of horror anthology shows on Wednesday nights on Instagram. We go live about 7.30pm Eastern, so join us this week as we watch some viewer-requested shows, The Haunting Hour and The Twilight Zone. You can also chat with me when I go live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I'm usually live on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from about 9 p.m. Eastern to midnight or so. I play a variety of games, but mostly it's Dead by Daylight, Resident Evil, and some World of Warcraft. If you'd like to help support the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash privateisland. Recently, Brandon's microphone died on him, and thanks to the generous support of our patrons, we were able to get that issue resolved before it could interrupt our recording schedule. I'm also planning on running a paid advertisement for the show on a major podcasting app pretty soon to help us grow. We do have a bunch of bonus content available on Patreon, too. We've got early release episodes that drop the moment I'm finished editing, which could be up to two weeks early. On top of that, Brandon and I have been recording some extra content a lot lately called Plot Points, where we remember old movies we've watched and we chat about them. We've covered a couple of films like The Santa Claus, Home Alone, Blank Check, and more. I hope you check them out and enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Bronze Beth, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Meredith. The Silver Goth, Steven, Mr. Normal, Preston, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, and Rachel. The Golden Day Days, Sarah, Matthew, Faith, Christy, and Angela. And the Platinum Bossics, Kathy, Fair, and Bryson Bryan. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. With today's episode concluding our Goosebumps movie reviews and overviews, next week we'll be starting up the third season of Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot, Ghost Island. We're really excited to get back into some Are You Afraid of the Dark. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. This week, I'd love to play the promo for a new and upcoming podcast called 90s Nightmares, with hosts Booze and Derek. They've just started out by rewatching Are You Afraid of the Dark? You can find them on YouTube or through your favorite podcast player, and I'll have a link in the description of the episode. Hello, fans of the Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. This is Booze and Derek from the 90s Nightmares podcast. And right now, we're rewatching every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and diving headfirst into the nostalgia of what got us interested in the scary stories we love today. So, after this episode, click the link in the description to be taken to the 90s Nightmares podcast. We'll see you there. Thanks again for listening in. I still can't believe we hit 100,000 milestone. It's truly all thanks to you. For now, I'll let you get back to the movie, and I will see you next week for Ghost Island Part 1. Bye, everybody.
Mom leaves to go answer the phone, and Slappy comes alive and starts talking. And Sarah doesn't react to this at all, Cortland. <laughs> no, because she screaming. already knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows, but like knowing and seeing something come to life like that are two very different things. So true. Yeah, I love it. He that. comes alive and she's just like, oh boy, here's this slappy fella. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah says that Slappy isn't a real part of the family, which hurts Slappy's feelings so bad that he spends the rest of the movie trying to destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the turning point for Slappy. All he wants is a family. For a while there, I was very sympathetic with Slappy. I was like, oh, he's not bad. And he's he's bad. He still just wants a family, though. Ultimately, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, Sleepy Brandon agrees. And he just wants a family. He still just wants a family. Mom comes back and yells at the kids for blowing up the science lab and bans them all from Halloween. Oh, no. Not Halloween. Yeah. Just puts an end to it. No Halloween. They go upstairs for a family meeting without Slappy because he's not part of the family, Cortland. Oh, right. But Slappy teleports there anyway. Because he can do that. Sarah hits him in the head with a metal bat. While Slappy is unconscious, which I don't (laughs) know how that concept works at all... They take him out to the woods and throw him into a river. Yeah, so basically they, they knock him out and uh, they're like, we gotta get rid of him. Let's light up the fireplace. And fucking Sonny's like, I can't do that. That's too scary. No, okay, so like, then Sarah's all like, oh, I got another idea. We can throw him in the river. Like, no, 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 fire will work. You should do that one. Yeah, it would be scary though if he did get up and start walking around on fire. It'd be like child's play. On the drive home, Sarah is like, there's no way that dummy is coming back. And then... Yeah. <laughs> oh, stupidest thing. And then, of course, Slappy splashes onto the windshield like a bug. And he <laughs> yells, I just want to be part of the family. He splashes onto the windshield like an invisible boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ditch Slappy by crashing the car and making him fly down a hill. And after that, they just go back home. Right, right. They're just like, eh, done. But I like that because, like, he's punching the windshield and he, like, he punches so hard with his little puppet hand that it, like, smashes the windshield a bit. He's strong. Just like the mosquitoes from Jumanji, right, Brandon? It's Jumanji, right? Everything's Jumanji. It all comes back to Jumanji. Later that night, it's Halloween night, and Ken Jeong's house is popping off. But the three kids are just at home looking up old newspaper articles on their computer. Oh, right, yeah. And what do they find, Brandon? They find an article that describes the events of the first movie. Yeah. So this article... (laughs) This article, like, details, like, oh, people saw giant bugs and uh, the corpses of their loved ones. (laughs) (laughs) Which was a coincidence, we confirmed. (laughs) But it also is like, and there was a tiny ventriloquist dummy and that horde of other fucking giant horror wild, like, monsters. And it's like, why did they specifically say the dummy? Like, obviously it's for, you know, plot reasons and stuff, but like... I feel like that praying mantis would be the thing that you remember. Yeah, the praying mantis, uh, the aliens that froze everybody. But no, no, we saw that tiny ventriloquist dummy that was only after R.L. Stein. There was also a lawn gnome. People oh, thought they saw a lawn gnome. Nobody sees lawn gnomes. Sonny Googles R.L. Stein and learns that R.L. Stein used to live in their town. What? Yeah. 
and they make the connection to the old locked up book they found in the attic. It's a book about a dummy that makes Halloween come to life. Hmm. Wait, did they find that through the Google search? I think they. I think Sarah opens up the book and she reads some of it, which they didn't do at all. And she's like, oh, oh it's about a dummy right that makes Halloween come to life. Okay. Well, they don't have the book right now because like, the bully stole it, so that must be later, right? Must be. I don't know. It's in my notes. <laughs> Alright, whatever. Who cares? It doesn't really fucking matter. We cut to Slappy walking into the department store that Chris Parnell works at. And Slappy walks up to the Halloween section and he says his little spell and all the decorations come to life. And conveniently, there's a Goosebumps line of costumes. So just by coincidence that there's some actual Goosebumps stuff in this movie. Because <laughs> there, there would not be otherwise. No, if there didn't happen to be a Goosebumps range of costumes, it would just be generic spiders and skeletons. But... You know, interestingly enough, if there was a slappy mask, which there definitely would be if there were, like, Goosebumps costumes, then there would just be other slappies. That'd be cool. That would have been pretty sweet. But they don't do that. That would have actually been cool. And there's no, like, just normal haunted mask, like the haunted mask we know and love. No, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, But yeah, for right now, like, the featured one is the Abominable Snowman, which... He, like, looks at it. The effects here are pretty cool, though, because, like, he looks at the mask and then it, like, starts to, like, become full-bodied and stuff, and it was it was all right. Yeah. From here, we see the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena and the Werewolf of Fever Swamp come back, and they're exactly the same as in the first movie. He also, like, looks at some witches' hats that flop to the ground, and then they, like, create full-bodied, like, witches with these, like, plasma faces. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, about know. I don't know what the deal with that is. Yeah, it looks pretty all right. I like it, but I don't know what the, their inspiration came from that. It's just generic Halloween stuff, I think. If someone tells me that there's a, you know, the witches with plasma faces goosebumps book, I'll be like, oh, that's cool. But it Until seems to happens, me like it's yeah. just random Halloween stuff. It is, yeah. Anyway, Chris Parnell goes to see what's the hubba, and then <laughs> when he does, Slappy throws a mask on him. Turning him into a green goblin thing. Yep, and I feel like they tried to go for the haunted mask here, but it's not the same. No, it's not the same at all. Back at home, the kids are thinking of what to do. They can't find any way to contact R.L. Stein, but they find a number for a Mr. Shivers, so they call that. Shivers doesn't answer, though, so that's that. No, they leave a voicemail. The only choice now is to find the bully and get the book that he stole back. He doesn't have it on him, though, and Sarah threatens him into tears until he agrees to go get the book back. But then, some witch monsters fly down on brooms and just abduct all the bullies, and they fly away. <laughs> and I think that's the bullies, isn't it? They're gone now. Well, until the very end. Okay. One, of them, one of them comes back. <laughs> Slappy breaks into the Tesla Tower to power his power, make it more power-y. Right, right. So Slappy's plan is to go to the Tesla Tower, and much in like uh, the second X Men movie, no, the mm -hmm. first X Men movie, where Magneto wanted to like amplify his power by going to the Tesla Tower. <laughs> it's the exact same place. <laughs> yeah, very X Men vibes here. It's got Toad and everything, right? There's probably a Toad somewhere. He does his dance. You love that Toad dance. <laughs> so Slappy does his spell again. He does his spells a lot. Maranu, Kalunu, Nikto. Uh, 
and the arc reactor just powers up and sends out a shockwave that makes everyone's Halloween decorations come to life. Right, so he made the Tesla Tower come to life then to amplify his power and shoot it across the town? Yep. Okay. The kids, however, break into the bully's house to steal the book back. They find it, but then they get attacked by an army of living gummy bears. Yeah, they do. So... I don't know what's the deal with these gummy bears. That's not Halloween decorations, Cortland. No, that's Halloween candy. Who the fuck gives away gummy, like, freestanding, non-packaged gummy bears? (laughs) It's just a bowl of loose gummy bears. And it's an old woman, because this is the bully's house, and he lives with his grandma. So it's just some old lady, like, have some gummy bears. I'd be so mad if I went trick-or-treating, and (laughs) at the bottom of my sack was just loose gummy bears. I'd be so mad. So... Candy can come to life, too. I don't know. Like, Slappy has to put some limit onto what he makes come to life. Otherwise, it would be, like, maximum overdrive. There'd be trucks driving around, attacking people. Maybe some trees. There'd be some ants. I don't know. Like, I don't know where he draws the line. Uh, Whatever. This part's really interesting. So this basically uh, replaces the gnomes, you know, from the first movie. pretty much the exact same fight scene as that, that one in the first movie. Uh, The little tiny gummy bears consolidate into quite large gummy bears about the size of a garden gnome. And they all all attack Sonny and Sam. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a pretty long scene. This is where where Sonny gets hit in the face with a plate, too, that looks very painful. Like, he literally gets hit in the face with a a fucking plate that gets whipped at his head. And it, like, shatters across his face. (laughs) Just like, dude, what the fuck is this? Takes a plate to the face. These kids, poor kids. (laughs) (laughs) After getting flubbered by a gummy bear, Sam drops the Arlstein book and it sucks in the gummy bears. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will talk about this in a little bit, but uh, I have something interesting that I've thought of here. Sarah shows up at the bully house and Sonny shows her his ghost busting book on an attacking skeleton thing. Right, yeah. So at this point, the story revolves around them opening up the book and sucking up all of the Halloween stuff. The problem I have, which I just mentioned, like, I want to talk about it, because they're kind of going on this rampage already, is that these are not things that R.L. Stein has written about. These are people's decorations. They are just sucking up all these people's money. That's what they're doing. (laughs) There's no refunds on these. They're just in a book now. And uh, all the all the decorations that these people have lovingly purchased and displayed for the joy of children are gone now. <laughs> They're just gone. Yeah. So in the first movie, things that were in the book came out of the book. In this movie, it seems like you can retcon real things into being in the book. So you can absorb things into the book that didn't originate in the book. And yes. that will come back up later. Okay. Um. It's ridiculous. a bad change. It Nobody is a bad change. That. It's an expensive change. Poor fucking <laughs> Mr. Chu, Ken Jong. Oh, God. All of his Halloween decorations are just, like, he spent so much money on this shit, and now it's gone, and he can't reuse it next year. No. <laughs> so they're in a book. <laughs> now we see a quick shot of Jack Black's R.L. Stein grabbing his keys and leaving the house. Because he, right. he hears the voice message that the kids left, and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, so that happens. Sarah stops to read the book so that they can figure out what the plot of the movie is. Hmm. But what do they find? The book is unfinished. Oh, just like the movie. No, just kidding. 
yeah, they were just making this movie as they go, and the script wasn't done yet, and they were like, oh, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> they do learn that Slappy, more than anything, wants a mom, so they have to find mom and protect her. All right. Ken Jong's house next door was like Pee Wee Herman's house, but for Halloween decorations. So now it's just Monster City. Mm-hmm. The kids approach it, and Sarah wields that book like the mighty Excalibur and is just sucking up monster after monster. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Some jack-o'-lanterns stop Sam and Sonny from getting in the house until Sonny smashes the shit out of them. Just stops yeah. Them. So there's like a scene where like, because it's the jack-o'-lanterns that they carved earlier in the movie, and they're like, well, I gotta protect this porch or whatever. And then they're like, you like carving pumpkins, huh? Look what you did to this one. And it's like this goofy looking pumpkin that's like, I like apples or whatever. And it's like, uh, it's very stupid. But thankfully, Sonny just takes matters in his own hands, smashes that shit. He does what we were all thinking. (laughs) Now we see mom dangling from a tree in a spiderweb blankie looking thing and sarah loses the book to a flying ghost decoration and then mom gets taken away by the giant balloon spider i like this giant balloon spider i think it's cool it's visually cool it's not very intimidating no it's very creative though i gotta give him props for that yeah the kids get rescued by ken jong who takes them to his basement oh god and ken is a fan (laughs) ken is a fan of the goosebumps books so he's thrilled to hear that he's in one Oh, yeah, he's spouting off Goosebump book cover titles all over the place. He's like, Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, uh, Mm. Monster Blood, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) You get two examples. Yeah, the the most famous examples. Done. Yeah. Just like you uh, you get the snowman and the werewolf. You get two title names. It's, it's it. basically just like, guys, remember, it, it's Goosebumps. This is a Goosebumps, it's still Goosebumps movie, I promise. <laughs> the person who edited the script to make it Goosebumps was just like, all right, two examples here, two examples there. Done. done. It's Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Done and done. Kids will love it. Back at the Tesla lab, Slappy has mom tied to a chair with her mouth taped shut. He says some nonsense about making her proud, and then his eyes roll back in his head, and he Ooh. does another spell. Back at Ken's house, they need to get to the Tesla Tower and turn it off, but to get past the monsters, they need to look like monsters. So there's a fun fashion montage of painting and gluing, mm-hmm. all the while they don't know if their mom's dead or being tortured or anything. <laughs> they're just <laughs> being ripped apart by a balloon spider. Yeah, who knows? They're just like, yeah, walking on sunshine, <laughs> painting with glitter. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> sarah just picks up one of ken jong's books off of his bookshelf and just starts gluing shit to it without asking him <laughs> uh so she makes a decoy book it looks like the other one but it's actually frankenstein i'm sure that won't come up <laughs> uh they go outside and all the monsters are fooled by them in their monster costumes even though everyone that was around was walking around in halloween costumes and they were still being attacked Right, one guy specifically, like, runs up on Sarah, and she, like, tries to suck him up with the book, and he's like, we're all gonna die out here, and he's dressed up like a vampire, or uh, a werewolf or something, and... Yeah. Mm, I don't know. They definitely just, like, walking dead the hell out of this, though. They're like, we gotta cover ourselves in zombie goo, gotta walk out like we we bosses, and it (laughs) works, I guess. It does work. They get to the Tesla Tower, and they make it inside with almost no issue at all. 
<laughs> that could have been a really exciting thing, but uh, nah. Nope. Now it cuts to, and it's like ten minutes away from the end of the movie, Cortland. Arlstein finally showing up in town and being like, oh shit, it's Haunted Halloween. <laughs> it's the title of the movie. Um, yeah, and he like comes across some lawn gnomes. And the lawn gnomes in this ep- uh, in this movie are much worse than the ones in the first movie because they don't do that cool like cement like cracking to move around. They just kind of lazily, you know, yeah. animated move They're around. just lawn gnomes. Boo. That's what I have to say to that. Arlstein does see a red balloon coming out of a storm drain. Oh, and he says, man. I knew it! I knew I came up with that first! I don't want to derail things here, but uh, it... We're almost book. done, Corlin. I know, I know, I know. So, the Haunted Halloween book, uh, I think he, like, talks about having written it in 1984, if I remember right. Stephen King's It. Yeah, it uh, was definitely in the 80s. Right, right, I don't remember. Oh, I guess it was 1986. Okay, never mind, my my complaints are unvalidated. Okay, well, this R.L. Stein book was never... Uh... Published. It's not real so anyway. It's, it's right? not like it's not like Stephen King would have ripped it off. Nah, that's the part I don't get is when like they're doing their research and they're like, "Oh, the Haunted Halloween book." Nobody knows about this book though because it's unpublished. It was just like hidden away. So yeah, he wrote it when he was like eighteen and didn't finish it. And nobody knows about it. It's his little yeah. personal collection. The kids get up to where Slappy is and they see that Slaps gave their mom the old Hayden Christensen treatment. And yeah. she's a dummy now, too. Right. It looks stupid. Yeah. It pretty much just means she has two lines on her face. <laughs> yep. Two lines on the edges of her mouth going down like she has a dummy That's mouth. That's all you and, need. She's a and dummy. And then they, they uh, you know, CG her, like, talking a little bit, and it looks stupid. Slappy goes away with the book to destroy it, and Sarah follows him, leaving Sonny to turn off the Tesla Tower. Sarah gets the book back, and Slappy tries to stop her with the balloon spider, which doesn't work because it's made out of fucking balloons and it pops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. I love this part. <laughs> yeah, it's it's visually neat. Mm-hmm. So, th- yeah, at this point, they're at the top of the Tesla Tower and it's just electricity everywhere. It's blue and it's, you know, whatever. Sarah agrees to give Slappy the book in exchange for saving her mom. Slappy agrees... And she throws him the decoy book. And literally as soon as she throws it to him, she admits that it's fake. But it gives her just enough time to punt Slappy into the core of the tower. And (laughs) Slappy gets zappy and he goes flying. (laughs) He sits there and just gets electrocuted for a bit. (laughs) Yeah. He's all just like, no, He's like, oh, fuck. This is what kids want to (laughs) see. Yeah, so Slappy's gone forever, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sarah has the book now, and she just starts absorbing everything back. Yeah, she absorbs up that spider, too. And this is where I'm saying, like, there's some really fun particle effects in this uh, this movie, because the balloons just kind of, like, one by one go and get sucked in the book. But also, when they killed the gummy bear, they used the book, and uh, the gummy bear, like, amalgamated into a giant gummy bear. And when they sucked that one up, like, it transformed back into the small gummy bears and they all pieced into the book looks cool i like that they did that they did it it was so good they did it twice (laughs) it looks cool in the first one and it looks cool here arl stein shows up at the tower just in time to do jack fucking shit to help most useless character yeah (laughs) seriously 
Chris Parnell is back to being human, and he wastes no time in flirting with mom. Yeah, he's like, mom's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" He's like, "I don't know." Anyway, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't remember what happened. The adults just forget the whole thing. the The king bully falls from the sky. Oh my god! What? He must have fallen like two hundred feet or something, and he just falls, and then gets up and hugs Sunny, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." So for the last two hours, this bully was being like captive from the witches just yeah. up in the sky somewhere mm-hmm. up in the clouds and then they disappeared back into the book and he just fell. plummeted to the world <laughs> to the <earth. laughs> yeah another instance of like child abuse but he's cool he's all good he didn't splatter he's fine sarah appeals to arlstein to give her some advice for her college essay and he just tells her write what you know and then he takes off and he's out fucking waste of space thanks rl yeah like i get that they wanted to have jack black as rl stein again for like the cameo and stuff but man is he useless in this movie yeah it almost would be better without him because him being in there for even a little bit reminds you of like how good he was in the first movie Mm -hmm. yeah so sarah's writing her essay now and we just get a voiceover of her saying a long string of cliches you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just all kinds of nonsense. This will get her in Columbia for sure. We see Sonny winning the science fair. And the principal who hands him the award is ya boy, R.L. Stein. Hell yeah. What, um, why would they let him go into the science fair after he exploded? He, he blew a hole into the wall of the school. That's expensive. You know, they have to repair that wall. And they're like, yeah, Sonny, of course, you can just bring this dangerous contraption into a science fair. Hopefully it doesn't kill anybody. And Arl Stein loves Please it. Please bring it back. Um, well, everyone in that town lost their memory from uh. the Tesla Tower. So we don't know how far, how long that memory erase happened. They just wake up and they're like, fuck, what happened to Halloween? What's DJ Bisky? <laughs> <laughs> the D- DJ Bisky show is in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, we uh. don't know. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sarah gets accepted into Columbia, and we see outside that Ken Jeong is setting up for Christmas decorations, and he's got the same thing where his whole yard's just fucking filled with decorations, which is cool. That's the and, end of his arc. Yeah, and poor mom still has to work doubles at the nursing home. <laughs> yeah, Columbia ain't cheap. <laughs> They're very short-staffed in those nursing homes. <laughs> so now, Cortland... Yeah. We cut to Arlstein in the middle of some secluded woods. He's in a cabin, and he's writing a new book. Why? I thought he worked at a school. <laughs> that was the old Goosebumps, Cortland. God, this movie has to come in and ruin everything. <laughs> he was working at the school, and then they were like, you know what? We're just going to get one of our students to be the teacher. <laughs> right, they're like, wait a second. You're not qualified to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Just because you write a couple of books? You wrote some children's books? That's that's not the same as teaching. We have a curriculum, sir. Oh my god, the curriculum. R.L. finishes his book, and he puts it on a secret shelf behind a moving wall. Then Slappy shows up, Cortland, Mm, as Slappy does. And he says that he wrote his own story, and R.L. Stein is the main character. So when Slappy opens his book... R.L. Stein gets sucked in. 
And that's what I'm talking about, Corlin. It's fucking stupid. You can can just make things part of the story and they get sucked in. That's dumb. Really cheapens the whole Goosebumps movies. This this ending is so dumb. Like, Slappy wins. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Arl Stein's fucking stuck in a book. Hannah is nowhere to be seen. What? What is happening? I don't know if they were uh, setting up a Goosebumps 3 here where it's like rescuing Arl Stein. And they have to go inside the book, Blue Skidoo. I don't know if that's what their intention was. But this movie did not do as well as the first movie, critically or at the box office. So I'm going to guess that a third Goosebumps movie is probably not in the books for now. You know, and, and if they do pick up the Goosebumps movies again, they're not going to cover... Like, this is not going to be a direct sequel to no. Goosebumps Jack 2 Black's Halloween Boogaloo. Got shit to do. Yeah, that's why he was so like, I'll only be in it for five minutes. That's it. That's the end. Arlstein is dead. Uh, (laughs) As far as the world is concerned. I don't know where Hannah is. She's just like, where's my dad? I'm still 16 forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's it. That's the the end of Goosebumps. Wow. Then then the credits start and the credits in this movie suck too. (laughs) Yeah. The first one had such an amazing end credit sequence where it was the book covers come to life. And this one is just generic Halloween shit from the movie. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, I do. I mean, look, I gotta say, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still fine. I liked it. It's all right. It's, it's got some good lines. The writing's still okay. Yeah, the visual effects are still fun. It's not a Goosebumps movie, which is probably why I think people don't like it so much. But for what it is, like, it's just a fun little Halloween family flick. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah. Okay, Cortland. We can uh, talk about some credits here. Oh, yeah. I got the IMDb page pulled up already. All right. So I'll just say that this movie is directed by a different director. This is directed by Ari Sandal, who hasn't made a movie since this movie. Hmm. But he also directed The Duff, which is a movie I actually enjoyed. Okay. And uh, When We First Met, which is something. I don't know. Never heard of it. As far as actors are concerned, uh, Mom is played by Wendy McClendon Covey, like you said. Mm-hmm. I know her mostly from Reno 911 and The Goldberg. She's great. Yeah, I love her. She's hilarious in The Goldberg. She's really the face of that show, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, she is The Goldbergs. Uh, Chris Parnell, Ken Jeong, like we said, mm-hmm. they're, you know, you know yeah, who they are. Ken Jeong, he, he unmasks people on The Masked Singer, yep. <laughs> Uh, as well as being as far a as people who I don't know who they are, uh, Sarah is played by Madison Eisman. You know, we didn't really talk about Sarah too much. I quite like the characters in this this movie. Uh, I mean, Sonny as Jeremy Ray Taylor, like that's you know Jeremy Ray Taylor. But Sam and Sarah, I think they were really good. And uh, Sarah right. in particular, she reminded me of um, the main character Emma from Once Upon a Time, which I know you haven't seen, but. She even wears, like, the same coat and everything. She kind of looks like her. Uh, she just gets shit done, and I appreciate it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't mind her. She's all right. Uh, well, she, to bring it back to Jumanji, <laughs> played Bethany in yeah. both of the most recent Jumanji movies, also with Jack Black. Yeah, and, and Bethany is the character that turns into Jack Black, right? I think so. So, that's cool. She's also in... I know what you did last summer, the TV series, Didn't and know that American Horror Stories. So it's got some other horror credits here. 
That's she cool. Was also she's in doing stuff. Annabelle comes home. Oh, finally, she's coming home. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> Evil dolls and Jack Black movies. That's her forte. That's cool. I would take it. That that's really cool. Sam is played by Khalil Harris. And Khalil <laughs> Okay, Khalil Harris's IMDB picture is just a picture of him looking like he just like is super sad and there's a finger just pointing at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you fuck up, what'd you do there? <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but it's a really good IMDB. Okay, picture. I'm gonna guess it's from When They See Us, which is actually a really sad story. And... Oh, my bad. <laughs> Yeah, a true story. Oh. So, yeah, he was in When They See Us. Uh, he was also in a TV show called Swagger. I've never heard of. He was in 10 episodes. He's in 41 episodes, both of Blaze and the Monster Machines and mm-hmm. The Loud House. That's cool. Okay. So uh, those ones are acting. Nickelodeon stuff. I think The Loud House is pretty good, actually. I've never seen it, but I like know of it. Yeah, I think people like it a lot. Jeremy Ray Taylor is uh he's typecast as yeah, yeah he is. the big the big kid in uh horror stuff yeah we've seen him in are you afraid of the dark which he played in in the following year of 2019 so mm-hmm. we have seen him already but yeah i remember when we went and seen it uh he plays ben hanscom in it and i really liked his performance in that one I kind of expected him to like blow up just like the other kids because they were all great in that movie. And he kind of did, but he's in Goosebumps and he's in Are You Afraid of the Dark and he's in, you know, Night Books and, you know, it's just he's kind of typecasted. Yeah, he really is. Hopefully he makes his it most, more because I like him. His most recent role is a, a character named Neil Chud in the movie Senior Year from this year. Well, I'd be interested to see if he's expanded his horizons in that movie, but I'm not going to watch it. Well, I've it. seen that movie, and he... Oh my god, what haven't you seen? <laughs> I've seen all movies! <laughs> anyway, uh, how is he in it? Is he Jamie Ray I don't Taylor remember in him in it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, Rebel Wilson's in it. I love Rebel Wilson. She's in it, yeah. Next. I'm just trying to... I'm just... <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty much all I'm going to say. I'm just trying to find out who'd play DJ Bisky. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. Uncredited role, man. Well, is there, no is there anybody? Biscuit. I was gonna say, is there anybody else even worth talking about? I mean, Tyler, I guess, but yeah, he's not very much in it. Jack Black is actually uncredited in this movie. That's really sad. Like his role of Harl <laughs> Stein's not even a thing. He's just like, I'll do it, I guess, but I don't want <laughs> don't any credits. <laughs> Even though I have right. my solo scenes, but whatever. So that's that. Um, Cortland, what is the moral of this movie? God, I don't even know. Uh, How about um, don't make your nursing home yeah. <laughs> staff buy the diapers. Like, get them yourself. Yeah, yeah a business. that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, don't hand out loose leaf gummy bears for candy for halloween oh good lord come on bag it up <laughs> yeah at least put it in a little baggie so that your parents are like what are these drugs you know yeah put them in little ziploc bags so it makes it easier for me to tell my kids to politely say thank you and then throw them away afterwards <laughs> yes yeah oh man spoilers nobody gives drugs out for halloween that's just expensive <laughs> i know it's unfortunate 
They really uh, made promises that I know. reality couldn't catch. I expected get 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 drugs once a year on Halloween. I got nothing. Cortland, if I got drugs, I would have traded that for more Kit Kats. Oh, dude, right? All right. Um, I mean, we don't really have to come up with alternate titles because they came up with plenty <laughs> on their own. I do love this. So it's it's labeled Haunted Halloween on IMDb. But when I went and clicked on somebody's like link that was in the movie, it was titled as uh, Slappy's Revenge. So like even yeah. IMDb doesn't fucking know. It's only as Slappy's Revenge on IMDb for me. But the poster says Haunted Halloween. So it's a, a mess. mess. Nobody knows what this movie's called. Yeah, that's the perfect sign that this is a terrible movie. <laughs> when it doesn't <laughs> even know what it, its own title is. Oh, good lord. Um, well, Cortland, that actually finishes it up for us for Goosebumps. Yeah, we're done, finally. We're we're done for real. Bittersweet moment, Brandon. I can't believe it. We've done two whole shows. Except for we kind of haven't, because uh, we'll talk about what we're doing next year. But crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, so we're going to take a little bit of time off, but when we come back, it's going to be back to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, so next uh, next episode, which we'll record in a couple of weeks here, uh, we got to get through that whole fucking Christmas and New Year's shit, oh, my birthday. Uh, so we'll be back here on the 7th talking about the first episode of the newest season of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Ghost Island. I've heard some Sounds things. like a reality okay. show. <laughs> it kind of does right the premise sounds like a reality show too because it's just a bunch of kids like vacationing in cancun or you know some tropical island or some bullshit i don't know why there's a bunch of kids on an island together where's their parents <laughs> that's my biggest question and i can't wait to see what the hubba is about that but uh i don't know how do you feel are you looking forward to going back to are you afraid of the dark for a little bit uh i'm cautiously optimistic me too i the, i mean the carnival the dark carnival or whatever season was me the the shadow man one was pretty good mm-hmm. so i haven't really seen anything about this new one i think i watched one trailer once yeah i've only seen a couple of trailers um jt billings is back so it should be should be pretty good i like what he did with uh curse of the shadows i think it was a little bit too long this season is only four episodes so you know they shortened it up a little bit there so i'm kind of looking forward mm-hmm. to that um good. keep it tight I have had some people come in, you know, during the the watch parties on Wednesdays on Instagram. You know, people ask me like, "Hey, when are you going to cover Ghost Island?" Because I hate it. So, oh, <laughs> it seems, excellent. Yeah, it seems a bit mixed there. I've heard some people say that it's really great. Other people are like, "I can't stand it because of this." So I'm uh, I'm interested to see. You know, I, I like to think that we can find something great about anything that we cover, even this movie, which people also poo pooed on. You know. Uh, I still think it has some really great things and it's worth a watch. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to see what season three of Are You Afraid of the Dark's got in store. The The trailers that I've seen look pretty spooky. You know, there's like this ghost in a mirror and uh, the effects on it look pretty spooky. So I'm, I'm hoping to see some throwbacks to the original run of the show. You know, all of those fucking Easter eggs no, being popped love up to just name drop. Yeah, I can't help but think about when uh, Arjun, I think that was his name, but uh, when he's like, you know, got the Ghastly Grinner comic and he's got the Ghastly Grinner thing and he's talking to like, oh, we got to go to the vacant lawn after school and we got to feed the dogs, got to feed the hounds, you know, all that bullshit's going <laughs> to be so back. hungry. <laughs> they won't stop barking. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I think it'll be fun. I'll be doing the notes for that one. So we'll, uh, that's what we're doing next. I, I got two yeah. weeks to do fucking notes for... If it's terrible, 
we've only got to do it for a month, so <laughs> mercifully short. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Don't know what's going to happen. Probably going to be great. Yeah, it's only one way to find out. So I'll talk to you uh, some amount of weeks, Cortland, to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark again? Yeah, a couple weeks here, so yeah. bada bing, but, bada uh, boom. I'm, I'm done for now. I have been up all night. Me too, man. Let's go back to sleep. Well, Yeah, good idea. So, bye everybody. Bye.